Good morning and a happy Monday to you folks. It is a beautiful day outside, fantabulous day outside. So good we're going to make up words here on this Monday morning because the most powerful tool we have as humans is our words. One word can change a life or destroy millions. Wars have been created due to words. When you speak, speak with integrity. Please use the power of your words to inspire change and create transformative action in others. Understand the collaboration of authentic words and inspirational action will always lead to the direction of truth. Do your words match your action. Today, I'm going to ask you folks to do something that I am going to try and do myself, which is not use my words to spread personal poison. I'm not going to express anger, jealousy, or hate. No, my words will be used to encourage and enable inspirational energy because the most powerful gift we have is our words. So let's go generate some positive energy today on this Monday morning, folks. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Show, play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Welcome, folks. It is a Monday after a long weekend. It was a long weekend, wasn't it? Yep. You got your Biden bucks, I heard. Got my Biden bucks. I saw the news flash. Yep. Did you tweet that? I did not. I don't. Did, did you Facebook I, that? I don't have a Twitter account. Okay, no Twitter. No LinkedIn. No LinkedIn. Mm, I do How have about, an Instagram. Instapot. Do have Instapop. Okay, you got that. Okay, yeah. you got Inst... Or as I, I say to my son, Instant Gram. Instant, yeah. Instant I, gratification Gram. I, uh, <laughs> I emphasize. I, uh, phonetically Phonetically pronounced. pronounced. Instant. Instant. Because Well, so, that's because that's actually a real word, whereas oh, Instagram... Right. Instant Gram. Instant Gram. You know, it's uh, very uncool. Yeah, I need to, to work on my that. elocution, you know, your pronunciation... <laughs> red leather, yellow leather, red wah, 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 leather. Wah, 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 watermelon, watermelon. Folks, this is the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Spees. It is a beautiful Monday morning. At least it is here in the Dakotas because we do not have snow. By the way, we I, I still think it's not even April yet. We yeah. still might get snow. We, we usually get that last dump, right? We've had snow in May. Oh, yeah. On Mother's Day, we've had snow. Some of our worst winter storms have come in April and May. <laughs> because of my 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 former gardening days mm-hmm. when I lived north of town and I was doing the hippie gardening stuff, I knew when we got snow. Yeah. I mean, there were times that I didn't get my garden in until almost June. Oh, yeah, man. You're looking outside now going, oh, awesome. I can start working on the garden. And then like two weeks from now, well, it'll be 32 degrees, you know, and snowing. Hey, it's supposed to be 70 this week, though. Woohoo! Folks, we're coming to you from the Industrial Forest studio. We got big announcements coming up this week from the Industrial Forest, by the way. Of course, we've got some great uh, news coming out of Bismarck, North Dakota, where the mayor, Steve Bakken, has personally signed on with the Industrial Forest. And, of course, we're lapping in, interlapping in the city, the state. We're going through the processes of getting everybody involved with total transparency as we build this micro-industrial forest to complement and advertise the actual industrial forest out in the community. 
We've got this Texas industrial forest now. They need trees. What we're going to do down there is we're advancing having frack water, recycled frack water, Mm -hmm. water the trees. Okay. Now we're folding in some ESG firms Mm -hmm. as well. Okay. So this is turning into quite the deal. So we might have to uh, restructure the timelines a little bit here. And we got some uh, good news coming out of the industrial forest later this week. That's awesome. Okay. Time to plant some trees. This week's sponsor, of course, we've got Kate's Man Cave. Kate's Man Cave. So we did talk a little bit about Kate's Man Cave last week. Can never really talk enough about Kate's Man Cave. We were really busy last week. And honestly, um, we ended up overlapping the weeks before sponsors. We didn't plug enough. So we didn't give Kate's man cave enough of a plug. Right. We didn't plug her enough. Yes. With her man cave. Yes. There was really just the tip of a plug. Just the tip. <laughs> I'm really going to miss it when we have a different sponsor. I feel like we deprived Kate's man cave. You guys really need to check out Kate's so, man cave. And is that the website too? Kate'smancave.com? We have the links, of course, available at thecrudelife.com. No, it's through Pure Romance. So oh, okay. She's okay. got, you know... It's like a host. Uh, Pure Romance backslash Kate's Man Cave sl- backslash. This is the only website still available backslash, backslash that right. isn't porn backslash. You know that. <laughs> well, everything out there everything is. Everything is porn, man. Yep. <laughs> Type in your name. Yep. Nope. Some, porno, yep. Yep. some porno in Europe has it. Don't do whitehouse.com. I'll Space tell you that. in Germany, I think, means poop on your neighbor. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think it does. That's why people keep looking at you like that. All right. Welcome to the Monday morning edition of Play Hard. In 45 seconds, we've plugged a sponsor, talked about Jason's name, meaning poop. And lost four sponsors. (laughs) But if we can get one with this kind of language, that's a victory. Isn't that that right? If we could just make one sponsor happy and lose 47 other ones, have we done our job? It's it's, it's Darwin, man. That's, That's evolution, baby. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody cares, <laughs> end of sentence. Not in our forests. Okay. Uh, also, by the way, at thecrudelife.com, in addition to the links to Kate's Man Cave, uh, we have Senator Hoven, Senator Cruz, and Senator Cornyn in Texas. Wow. So we've got a couple, uh, three couple minute uh, blips of uh, the three of them at a press conference okay. that we have at the crude life here. And then we've got Senator Hoven from the Rio Grande river talking about border uh, control immigration. Well, he's way South. And then also at the wall. Okay. So we've got some uh, video from uh, Senator Hoven reaching out with uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Okay. And yeah. John Cornyn. I think it? it's, yeah, I believe it is yep. too. Of course I'm going off memory. He's not my senator, That's so I, right. I, I, I'm not familiar as much as I should be. Coming up a little bit later on as well on our Swan Energy phone lines here. Whoa, I just about slipped off my stool there. <laughs> Holy smokes. I apologize here. I have to. It's still early. Yeah. Um, and coffee's flowing here. So what I'm pulling up here is... Got some exciting information. Well, I wasn't sure how to pronounce her last name, so it's Amy... Andrzak. Andrzak. Okay. Amy Andrzak. That's a cool name. And she is in charge of the uh, I-N-G-A-A. IGNA. Okay. She's the new president and CEO. She'll be our work hard interview. Congratulations. All right. On the second half of the program. 
on our Swan Energy. Of course, as we continue to honor and celebrate Women's History Month, we've only got a few more days. More, well, we always tend to honor Women's History. You know, I, I had a great phone call last week with a uh, female CEO, and uh, they just wanted to thank us for being what they said the only organization that has highlighted and featured a different female every day of the month. Okay, think about that. Yeah. And we've done it without a corporate sponsor. We've done, we've done it without an industry uh, advocacy group sponsoring or, or pushing us or right. uh, helping well, us. And in some cases, it wasn't even, it was just that the person we wanted to talk to was also a woman. Right. I mean, so many women are jacked into the oil and gas industry on so many different levels. You're going to run into women in positions of authority. And that's what I told her. I said, for us, it's not a gimmick. Yeah. I go, if you look at our roots, I go from day one, we've been highlighting and featuring women because we believe that they're vital in energy. When you think of the intuition that women have, when you think of their point of view, Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how is that not needed in not only the workplace, but just life in general and, and energy? I mean, anything that's been male-dominated for so long, bring in a fresh set of eyes. Well, and that's just it. So many of the women that, that we've talked to you know, down in Texas especially is they probably have to work, have had to work extra hard to get noticed. Mm-hmm. But then you see it in what they do, that all these different organizations they're a part of, you know, CEOs, they're treasurers. It's awesome. Well, and with the oil and gas, of course, the, the biggest holdup was the physicality. Sure. And, and there is, you know, let's be honest, there is testosterone and there is estrogen. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is certain biological differences that you just can't escape. And here at The Crude Life, eh, we're not going to hide from that. Mm-hmm. So, but us as humans, I believe that the most powerful tool we have is our words but I also believe the way humans evolve is through tools. So either you can evolve mentally through your words, mm-hmm. but we also evolve through robotics and you know cars and horse and buggy and yeah. fire. Those are tools that help us evolve. So when you think about the tools being brought into the oil and gas world from the robotics mm-hmm. and the UAS and the smart pigs, it has now leveled the playing field for women. Well, and I mean, you think about... Does that make sense without abs- being absolutely. offensive? No, absolutely. You think about, you think about the, uh, the pipeline inspections, you know, yeah. that, something like that, that whole business idea. And I've talked to women that work in everything from CEOs of oil and gas companies down to their truck drivers. They work skid loaders. I mean, all facets of the industry are represented. Yeah, it's and, pretty cool. And for so long, you know, it was a sling and chains mm-hmm. type of a type of an industry. And like I said, there's certain biological things when it comes to just weight. And but you know, hey, a woman can sleep in her vehicle just as easy as a guy can. I'd be kind of curious because you know, at least when I when I lived in Aramco in Saudi Arabia, uh, and my dad worked for Aramco, I don't think you know there was very few women that were allowed into most positions in Aramco in general, you know, and a lot of that had to do with that, that, that culture, Yeah, you know, but, um, I, would be kind of curious because I bet in America, I bet the diversity or at least the, the split between men and women in the oil and gas industry from corporate all the way down is probably pretty mixed. I mean, more so now than probably a lot of other industries. You know, I think the oil and gas industry honestly has done a fantastic job of embracing, um, women. Well, it's meritocracy. It's, you know, a lot of it's based on merit and what you do. And um, what 
where I'm actually getting extremely proud of women right now, if that's if that's something I can say, I guess, is they're now understanding their voice is going beyond just reflecting the male's voice. Mm-hmm. For so long, they had to basically be a different version of a man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, really, to, to succeed. Yeah. Well, now that the world has gone the way it is, they're starting to see that they can have their own voice. Yeah. And it's the, they are ushering in the diversity into the marketplace. And this happens to be the oil and gas marketplace. Yeah. And it's at a brilliant time Absolutely. because of technology and because of just... The, and that fresh or new perspective, like you said, you know, right. fresh eyes. Totally. Yeah. So I, I, I am just... It was a great conversation I had last week with the CEO that, that reached out to us to thank us for uh, just really continuing and you know she said you know embracing and i'm like whoa we've been doing this from day one here girl so <laughs> let me tell you it's a snap, lot of snap. embracing yeah so anyway folks if you'd like to go to the crudelife.com we're gonna list um each one that we did for each day of the week because some days we weren't able to feature them on the radio as much as like social media and just that sort of thing so right, or they were on the pot yeah okay so what else do we have going on here uh, upcoming trip to denver uh, Mid-April, if you can make it, by the way. Check oh. with your wife. Okay. What's going on in April? Well, we have uh, some meetings. And uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a social hour type of a okay. thing. This is going to be an invite only. So it, this is going to be part of the work hard portion. There'll be some play hard. Okay. But it's going to well, be work Colorado. hard. it's Colorado. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> play hard, work hard. Well, we want to remember the <laughs> Short term and long term. <laughs> Okay, so uh, no, we're actually there's going to be a uh, um, an energy environment, an environmental energy ambassadors kind of gathering. Is okay? Greta going to be there? Greta will not be there. Ah man, we will not be measuring our penises. Yeah, did you see that over the weekend? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, headline caught my eye. It's uh, I'll have to pull it up in the news section. How is she not kicked <laughs> off Twitter? How is it a female who's 18 now? That's right. Can She's an tweet adult. about male genitalia size and not get kicked off if Trump <laughs> can get kicked off? Now, to be fair, I think she mentioned all genitalia, but I'll have to read the story a little bit deeper. Oh, yeah. even the clitoris? I think so. Little, is that, uh, is, is that genitalia uh, for females? A little anatomy lesson in Monday morning. <laughs> Well, this is Greta, man. This is not me. This is her. She's ushered in. I thought it was just male genitalia. Hey, if you, by the way, that as word, a man, that that phallic word, yes, that fat fate. What was that word? That fat fate. The thing that the, she's saying. Oh, the the the, the p h t h. Yes. I don't know how to pronounce. I don't something either. Actually, the, that the first five letters are p h t h l. Yeah, it's all consonants, and then yeah. Otis and I tried to try to pronounce it because he knew about it before me. We should ask Siri or Alexa. Okay. Otis actually uh, informed me about Greta's uh, desire to measure people's genitalia <laughs> through climate change. <laughs> my son brought this to my attention. You did too. Yeah. But my son... My, well, my, that just shows you that I have the mentality of a 14-year-old high school. My soon-to-be 15-year-old yeah. son. Yes. Well, who would you say penis? But we were pointing out that's what the masks have. Those masks have that thing in there that that uh, whatever she's talking about. Yeah. 
So breathing your mask in is going to make you have a small unit, too. A small unit. <laughs> well, I don't know, Wang, whatever we're talking like that. about. There you go. Thankfully, I get enough spam email that, that clearly tells me that I can increase the size at any time I want through pills and salves and creams. And I wonder if you give money to the Nigerian prince, if you will get your inheritance from that Swedish grandmother to make your unit become bigger. In Bitcoin only. In Bitcoin only. <laughs> and it's a pyramid scheme so, of yes. come, some kind, too. We got to oh, just man. throw them all in there. Okay. You know, this makes me miss the days of Amway. They were just simple about it. You know, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of hand in, or sleight of hand. No, and you could order a ham. Yeah, exactly. And you could order stuff to clean all your jewelry at the same time. Oh, my you know? word. Which worked as a great marinade for the ham. You had to glaze. Had to exactly. <laughs> So we have a trip coming up to Denver. We'll probably do a few shows from there with Sean Forbes of No, we should do it on the OG road directory. while we're driving. What's that? We'll do a live show while we're driving. Well, if you can come with, right. we'll do that. That's fine. Or you can fly in and we'll pick you up at the airport or whatever the case might be. I'll take the Crude Life corporate jet, which uh, environmentally friendly, it's just a bicycle with wings. <laughs> Powered by Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah. Remember Not, that guy? Yeah. He was like the he was the first environmentalist I respected because yeah. he would drive around in a garbage powered car like in the nineties. Yeah, which that, that's saying something. And he sold his Tesla. <sighs> yeah, he sold it. Really, the biggest environmentalist that of action, not platitudes, not like John Kerry, the climate envoy. <laughs> he just envoying wanted to get... around in a climate in a in a private jet talking about saving the earth. I'm sure it's a solar powered jet. Or wind-powered, right? I would love to see a solar-powered jet. That's awesome. I would love to be at the groundbreaking ceremony mm-hmm. to watch the very first person try to go in the solar-powered jet. That'd be like watching that dipshit do the steam-powered <laughs> rocket to prove flat that the flat earth. Well, come out to the lake this summer. I'm going to be uh, previewing my screen door submarine. <laughs> Spray it with that Flexol. Yeah, Flexol, man. It's all good. Bob Vila's Flexol. Or who's that? Who's the cocaine guy? Uh, Which one, man? Bob guy. The, the Billy Bob, right? Oh, yeah. That's, it's all about the, yeah, the, the sealants. That's it. That, yeah, whoever that is. Okay, for All right. What else do we got coming up here? Oh, big announcement coming up this week with the Bach and Barbecue. Big announcement. Oh, is this the ninth, tenth year? Yeah, medium-sized announcement. <sighs> It's going to be You know, it's really not about the size of the announcement. It's about what you do with it. This announcement, I'm not going to give it away, okay. but it will be spudtacular. Oh. It's oh. going to be. It's clam bake? <laughs> spudtacular at the Bakken Barbecue. As long as there's actual barbecue, I'm there, man. Oh, the whole thing is barbecue. Yeah. Although this year, there is an announcement, and it might be spudtacular. Okay. <laughs> I feel like he's trying to tell us something. Professor Plum in, in the conservatory with the candlestick. Come on. Boy, this is a tough nut to crack tough here. here. It's man. a tough potato to bake here. Oh, and that's that's Monday morning humor right there. Uh, so we also got to talk a little bit about API oh. and the barge. Yeah, the barge. So as we kind of run through this week's show, by the way, by the way, next month... In April, if your company is doing something ESG related, that's environmental social governance, or let's say you've got a recycling program, maybe it's Meatless Monday in the cafeteria, 
Maybe you're, you know, just picking up litter, whatever it might be. Let us know. All month long in April, we're going to be showcasing those companies that are keeping America clean, that are cleaning up the USA, whatever, you you know, environmental innovation. Just keep it pretty, man, you know? Yeah, like I said, maybe your company's got a recycling program. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Come brag on. about it. Come and brag about yeah. it. Yeah, and you know what? We'll talk about your company, yeah. too. So it's a great, it's a great backdoor way there to get no a plug. There is no insignificant recycling. But it's a good backdoor way to get a plug-in for your company. Yeah. yeah, backdoor compliments. Absolutely. By the way, folks, we do want to mention right now this week, Kate's Man Cave is our sponsor. And there's another backdoor plug. And if you'd like to check out her links, go to thecrudelife.com, the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. We've got, of course, all the rundown of the show links. Usually we put links to people's crude lives. Uh, I'm sorry, their LinkedIn page, because that's, that's a pretty popular one with oil and gas. You don't have a LinkedIn page, so you don't have any links going anywhere. You're just I am, like, I am linked out, done. I guess. Yeah. And, um, but we have the sponsors uh, for the week. At the bottom of the page, as you scroll down, we've got, of course, the, the Crude Life uh, uh, Industrial Forest sponsor as the studio. We've got Swan Energy as our phone line sponsor. And then we've also got, by the way, we're going to have uh, Tiffany Wilson on the Swan Energy phone line a little bit later on in the first hour here. we got a busy show. Yeah, it's already. A, it's, is it Tuesday yet? It's getting pretty close. <laughs> Also, we got to talk about WWE Peacock. Oh, man. Now that. Oh, I saw you got that in the news. Segment, so we'll is, wait on that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Did we? And we talked about Greta and the penis. We I, did. We mentioned, we mentioned the Greta penis. In my notes, I have Greta <laughs> penis. That's what I have in my notes. That's your shorthand. Right underneath WWE Peacock. Oh, what? man. I, I think I might get arrested right, for this, having these notes. Hey, this writes itself, you know? Hey, and we were going to talk about the Suez Canal Jam. <laughs> Under that social media Trump. Okay. Uh, okay, that might, I might need to take a picture of that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, really, put that on the site. Just so uh-huh. people understand what kind of things go through your head in the morning. So this uh, barge thing. Is probably going to affect the United States trade. It looks. It already like. is. Oh, yeah. Is it? I was just reading an article this morning about all the stuff that's being held up, from designer furniture to oil. Ten percent of uh, natural gas and oil flow through that canal. Twelve percent of world commerce flows through it. I looked at that news story and I saw a headline Sunday morning. I clicked on the headline Sunday morning. And I got my existential energy hat on, folks. <laughs> existential energy, where you just take the 5,000-foot view of the 5,000-foot view, right? There you go. What happens when you have a blockage, right? The quick and nimble, they rise to the top. This is their opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All the, all the humans stay in. Well, the mice get to come out and play, right? <laughs> That's what happens. The tugboats are making big bucks right now. The tugboats are moving shipping goods right past that blockage because no other big boats can get by. Right, the big boats can So the little tugboats are getting by, and I thought, we live in a world now where the tugboats 
Or the kings. The kings. <laughs> Have you seen the picture? The meek will inherit the earth. Well, I mean, you want a great example of that picture of this one tiny little, like, earth mover with three guys standing next to the gigantic ship trying to move it. You know what's interesting, too, is that the, the shipping containers that are on these types of ships, apparently the containers themselves have been in short supply and demand for the last year because of most of us staying at home and ordering crap off Amazon, right? So the containers themselves, just the, 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 the box you put other crap in, they're having a hard time finding those. And now wow. you got, you look at a picture, I don't know, there's probably four or 5,000 of them sitting on top of this thing, stuck in the middle of the canal. I have to let a friend of mine know he's moving right now. And yeah. they're, they're loading one up and you have to, you have to buy those containers, okay? Those right. shipping containers to store your stuff because they're going to be kind of nomads for mm-hmm. three months. They're, they're snowbirds. Yeah, they, they're they've sp- officially sold their place yep. in Minnesota, and they're moving down to Tempe, Tucson. Tucson, Tucson. Arizona. Tucson, yeah, my Arizona. hometown. And so as they transition down, they're going to be nomads for three months, essentially, which... You know, when you've got family and places you can stay in Minnesota during the summer, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, but they got, what, like 30 years of stuff right. from that house. But yeah. they, the point is, you, you can't rent these. You have yeah, to right. buy them. Yeah. They might turn might, a profit yeah, if right. they're in short supply. <laughs> they can turn around and sell it for double the money, I imagine, because it was several thousand dollars. I you know, It never occurred to me that that was a whole part of the logistic chain for world commerce is just the box you put other boxes in. Hey, by the way, we only got a few minutes left. Uh, I love talking about tugboats and barges. <laughs> but? But <laughs> API. Oh, geez. You know, it's interesting because, you know, the API gumbo cook-off in Dickinson was over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And they did a group photo, the organizers. And the first thing that popped in my mind as a journalist, mm-hmm. okay, as a journalist, I should reach out to them and ask them if they agree with their national chapter stance. Are on, you getting your members' dues worth? <laughs> well, not even that far. Right. Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. But because that's that's pretty deep too. Uh, is when I interviewed Jerry Simmons from DEPA, mm-hmm. Domestic Energy Producers Alliance, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the air or off the air about there's got to be leadership that are being pulled both ways by by national organizations, either at a local level, like our good friend Matt Hill down in Oklahoma City, Fossil Fuel Fridays. Well, he sits on a couple boards down there that are in polar opposite views now. No, Uh, with API. Yeah. Well, well, one of them's API. Oh, okay. So he actually sits on the local Oklahoma City chapter. Okay. Okay. And they had to have to have an emergency meeting, you know, and all this other stuff. Yeah, apparently there's more than 600 companies that are part of API. Oh, at least. Yeah. Well, API is the top lobbyist for oil and gas in the country. Okay? So this couldn't have been a surprise to them. I mean, some of them, sure, but it wasn't like API and the directors woke up one morning and were like, well, yeah, that, carbon price. Okay, I'll put my journalist hat back on right now. Okay, number one, if I was a journalist... And I used to be, and I'd like to be again, maybe, is, okay, I, I would, let's say any, any, any board member of mm. any local chapter, okay, number one, do you agree with carbon pricing and carbon tax? Because now you're accepting dollars for events mm. and for memberships based on a carbon price and a carbon tax. Okay? Exactly. Right? Because yeah. that, that's now your mission. Number two. 
Um, they also tout themselves as the only organization that represents all aspects of of oil and gas. Now, number two, your point was there any survey done? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how you didn't the, how, say survey. Yeah, but you, you asked what did the membership say? Yeah, did they vote on it? I mean, right. how was it decided on? So, how did API like? Let's say you're the chapter president of uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay, mm-hmm. did the Nat, did Mike Summers from National API reach out to you at the local chapter level at least? I bet you no. I bet you you were you got basically your marching orders or your talking points right. after the fact. Yeah. Did you get a survey or did you have a voice at the table or mm-hmm. were you just told, "Hey, here's the new." New bylaws. We should find out. I think that's a story in itself, right? Is, you know, how how did this process, how was the sausage made on this? Well, I think it's fair to ask, you know, what what kind of organizations and leaderships are these? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. some are country clubs. Um, I've seen I've seen some organizations that uh, are paid to be leadership councils. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And they all got, they, they're either a council or an alliance or an association or whatever they are, you know. And there's actually certain a ones cabal. like, well, like in, I believe in North Dakota, in order to get like government funds, you got to be a council. Okay. Hmm. That's why the corn council. Right. Soybean council. Okay. It's because there's a certain tax benefits. It's like an uh, MPO type of thing. Yeah. And so there is actual legitimacy behind council, association, alliance. And, okay. And that, so I don't want to. There must be a tax bracket for I, it. I don't want to misspeak. I want to lump them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I want a stereotype. Yeah, here. I want to build a stereotype here, but cleanly. So the way I view it, okay, is they should have by now come out with a stance mm-hmm. to say we are uh, against the carbon pricing that the API has decided to get the conversation going on, mm-hmm. or we're for it. Or maybe... The come out that maybe they just come out and say, so we're a little surprised. Yeah. And what we'd like to do is survey our members, survey our members and buy some time for yourself. Kick the can because they they're good at kicking the can. That's what that's what makes me wonder is it's like, you know, clearly there would have either been some discussion behind the scenes months in the making or they didn't, but you're not hearing a bunch of people stand up and go, at least I'm not going, ah, we didn't agree to that. Well, like, so like for me, I'm, I came out with it right away. Mm-hmm. I think we were the first ones even before DEPA. Right. We came across it before it was even officially announced. And we came out and said, we are not a fan of carbon pricing. At least the crude life is not a fan of carbon pricing. And I happen to agree with it since I own the company. And and we're not political, Mm -hmm. but this one we had to be because back in October, we said 2021 is probably going to be defined by defection. And this is one of those crossroads right now. Yeah, we're three months in and boom. And we look at, at least the crude life, looks at a carbon tax as something that gets passed on to the poor. So I believe there are other options that you can get a similar result. There are other ways to regulate. There are other ways. My my biggest example is this. Until the government and the media and the environmental climate activists, et cetera, actually have a legitimate conversation about building all homes facing south, new regulation going forward. If you're going to build a new construction home, you need to build it facing south. 
because that is going to take care of about 50% of your energy costs right there. And that alone is going to do more for the planet than any bullshit, wind, solar, hydro, anything. And it's going to be something that you can start tomorrow. Okay. Absolutely. Well, well you know, I mean, it's, we were so much better at reacting to things than anticipating things. And if we anticipated things, we would put houses all facing south. We would have better insulation. We would have some solar power integration, you right. know, all that kind of stuff. But instead, we wait until after we're sick to yeah. then get treatment. Right. Oh, that's the Western way. Yeah, it is. It is the Western way. The, the West, Western <laughs> medicine is so good at, uh, at attaching limbs when mm-hmm. you lose a limb, but they're really bad at preventing you from losing from, from losing that limb right from, <laughs> that's right yep yep so it's uh and, well and, no you're and right eastern's the other way yeah. eastern medicine is all about prevention but yeah. then when it happens like eh, well that's a, yeah, here's some leaves and zing yeah. zao yeah. yin yang yep. <laughs> balance of life nog chomp on and yeah <laughs> you, you come back as a caterpillar <laughs> you know, whatever it might that be. would be awesome wouldn't it be oh man sounds like a great well when life. i grew up i i want to be a principal or a caterpillar <laughs> Or principal caterpillar, Ralph you know, Wiggum. What I wonder about with the, with the API stuff is they talk about all of the memberships that they've got, and they talk about it how it's diverse from the largest oil companies down to the smallest independent operators. The largest oil companies, like you mentioned, they're the ones looking at the federal picture, going, "We need to figure out how we're going to get this money." The smaller operators are going, "We're going to get pushed out." The ESG guidelines, the the tax credits, the carbon pricing—it's it's designed either intentionally or unintentionally to squeeze them out. You know, just off the top of my head from North Dakota, when I think of the Petroleum Council out of there, this is my backyard, when I think of the last, just off the top of my head, okay, they put out a press release last week that they were ignored by the Interior Department. Really? Okay. And then the other ones were coal-related. Okay. So, and I've just seen that um, they've, been, they've been lobbying for coal. And so... Yeah. Well, and that seems like in North Dakota, that seems to be more sort of like an independence thing, isn't it? Or a self-reliance thing, the coal? Because weren't you talking about how you you could picture the state basically running the coal plants? Oh, they've already started the process. Oh, oh, not even five minutes. This is no kidding. (laughs) Five minutes after uh, the interview with Dustin Coverlow and I were done, when we made the prediction that in the next five years, the state of North Dakota will probably have a power plant. Uh, that'll be we got a bank we got a flower plant right come on yeah they a press release came out from the usual suspects okay because you got to start with hoven right and then it comes from uh bergham and comes from uh the western (laughs) energy and and then it comes from the petroleum council and then it comes from williston and then it comes from bach and backers and then it comes from you know they've they've got their 10 uh soldiers that all put out the same press release right Mm -hmm about how they've started the process of negotiations. So clearly, I take this as a compliment. They must be listening to the show and being like, damn, that's a good idea. Let's write that down. No, they listen. (laughs) They do. Uh, They don't come on, but they listen. Right, but they like to listen. They're voyeurs, I guess, huh? But in all honesty, though, I'm actually a little surprised that I haven't seen more organizations come out and either say they're against a climate uh, tax, they're for a climate tax, or, hey... We, we're caught off guard, give us a month, and then we're going to come out with our statement. Because I'll be honest, okay, I, like I said, I've, I understand the, the end goal mm-hmm. for the, what's the word I'm looking for? 
the good intention of a carbon yeah, tax. The good okay? intention. Yeah. But I also understand the reality of how this is just going to be a tax on the poor for the elite. Yeah. Okay, I also, I also get that because I've lived 45 years on this planet. Okay, bullshit me a hundred times, shame on me. <laughs> right. Right. I yeah. mean, <laughs> hey, there's guess, a reason hey, why age leads to cynicism. Charlie Brown, Lucy's going to take the football away. It's just it's going to happen every time, yep. you know. So it, I get it. And that's why I'm saying that I think we'll get there. Yeah. I think we've been doing it for 150 years. We've been decarbonizing the planet. We, we almost extinct whales. But thank goodness oil and gas came along, so we didn't have to extinct whales because the walruses and seals were next. Exactly. It's a natural progression of finding the next best resource. Totally. Right? The and, more efficient way of having energy. And and we're going to get there. Yeah. So here at The Crude Life, actually, we've been asked to be part of the uh, environmental energy ambassadors, and we've graciously, graciously accepted because of our demonstration and our actual transformative action we've demonstrated over the years from cleaning up highways since 2004, entering 17 years on that. Nice. As well as my vegan ways, as I kept, I was a closet vegan guy. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't vegan because I had honey. Right. And I wore leather. Oh. And I emceed a bar- Bach and barbecue. No, you're the devil. Oh, both sides hated me. Yeah, really. The, the people who ate meat hated me because I wouldn't try their meat. And the people <laughs> who were vegans hated me because I didn't give a I was shit gonna say, somebody it's, ate some ribs. It's a testament to who you are that you've been able to go out there for almost 10 years in a row to a meat fest yes, and be well received and, because you don't eat meat. And like I said, we got a big announcement coming up this week where it, it it's three years in the making. Oh, Jason's going to eat meat? This Is that the announcement? Tacular. This, I'll tell you what. I'm guessing it's a lobster thing, folks. I'm not sure what he's if, trying to tell if, us yet. If we roasted a whole fish, mm-hmm. I would do that. Yeah? Barbecue fish? Oh, paella. 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 Hey, oh, it, was just na- no. it was just National Paella Day. It's, it, yeah, it was. It was on Saturday. That's right. Thank have, God. Have you, ever, um, have you ever seen outdoor paella? No. Okay. So it's these big, giant copper drums as big as a uh, kitchen island. Okay. Okay. So think of these with wood burning underneath it so get nice okay? and hot so you got that woody smell mm. you got in one of them you've got just chicken thighs okay just making me think of thighs, el pollo loco over right? here man and then the next one you've got just rice okay okay and then the next one is where they mix it all together oh. with the seafood <laughs> with the seafood right so you 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 have you've got seafood, chicken thighs and i think some of them use pork you know it's like a gumbo kinds. huh but outdoors and so you've got these big oars, and mm-hmm. you're just kind of going through, kind of like how they do it down south with the jambalaya. Yep, stirring it up. Pastalaya is yep. another one they use. Oh, man, it just, it is knee buckling. Yeah, I'm you drooling buckle over here. You your knees. <laughs> okay, now. Now it's, t- it's, is it lunch? I'm having $100 oil dreams again. <laughs> whenever, whenever my, right. whenever That's, I get too big for my britches, right. I'm always like, remember $100 oil. Yeah, remember those <laughs> days. Those were the days. Oh, all right, folks. I got to take a brief pause while I come down from $100 oil dreams. Yeah, and dreams I got to go find something to chew on now. And understand $15 an hour reality. I feel all right. I'm doing okay. I'm here for the moment, you know, and then I'm on my way. The 
music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment Elements. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life, and I'd like to take a moment to tell you about Kate's Man Cave and how Kate has improved my mind, body, and my soul. Kate's Man Cave uses the latest in sexual health education high-quality hygiene products, and the hottest, and I do mean hottest, accessories from Pure Romance. Kate's Man Cave has enhanced my life more than I could ever imagine. Kate's Man Cave has quality products for my bath and shower, as well as my overall wellness. But between you and me, and anyone else listening, they also have products for my bedroom and my boudoir. It takes a real man to enter Kate's Man Cave, so if you're a real man, or you want to turn your boy into a man, then check out Kate's Man Cave today. That's Kate's Man Cave. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Life Morning Show, play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. That is Sterling. I am a little bit combobulated right now after the last segment we just had, but we'll uh, continue on here because it's news, rumors, and news speak because we've gotten way over on all of our segments today because that's how we roll here, you know? It's a Monday morning. Had a lot of play hard, work hard over the weekend, and so... We're yeah. never going to stop ourselves from talking. I mean, it's. I should mention, by the way, coming up in the next hour, in the next, I should, the next, whatever, segment. Segment. Work hard. Look at me with my old radio show brain on here. In the next hour, back when we had formats, <laughs> well, our new ad campaign is No Boundaries. Oh, okay. No Boundaries. No Boundaries. Because we don't have any boundaries. You know, we don't, we'll talk about I don't anything. even know how to spell boundaries. As long as it's energy related. Mm-hmm. It's positive energy because we can be critical and be positive still. Yeah, but not we, negative. We, We're not we, finger pointy. We can talk about plastic straws because we're addressing a solution. Okay, what Maui and coastal t- 
towns and some California cities have done is just, okay, we don't allow plastic straws anymore. Mm-hmm. Buy the reusable ones for a buck, pal. Yeah, what am I supposed to chew on, though? Have you tried well, chewing on those metal ones? It's a user tax. Yeah. But you get a product in return. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, really, at the end of the, that's how I looked at it. Like, no. oh, okay, it's kind of a user tax. Like, that's if I want a straw, which I don't use straws, okay, but my son does. So we've got 15 bamboo and metal straws here. <laughs> and he still wants the plastic ones, by the way. He does. It's just, well, you know, it is, it's, all about, it's all about responsibility, right? Because it it's the idea of taking a straw and having to take it with you. <laughs> coming up in the next segment. Yeah, coming up in the next segment is where we started. And we got into a little rant about straws. straws. <laughs> uh, Amy... Andra Zach, okay, she's the new president and CEO of the uh, CEO of the uh, International Natural Gas Association of America. I believe that's what I N G A A is. Uh, I don't know actually because uh, it's not in my notes, and I did not. This is a play hard, so tough. Yeah. If if I don't have it in my notes, like in my notes where I have WWE Peacock. Greta Penis, social media Trump. If It's not written in my notes like that. <laughs> it sounds like we're playing some kind of messed up ad libs right it's, now. It's not making it into the first hour of play hard. That shows you what, how much prep work we do here, folks. We should get to some news. Let's do it. <clears throat> yeah, where do you want to start? We've well, got a well, really fun API advocates carbon pricing to address glowing, growing climate concerns. What publication printed a story on this, by the way? This is coming from uh, JPT. So who is that? Is that the Journal of I'm, Petroleum Technology? That is what it is. Is it really? It is. Yes, sir. Okay. I assumed it was an industry publication. And mm-hmm. so the... Yeah, it's, it's a .org. So it's got to be pretty official, right? So the Journal of Petroleum Technology yep. is putting out a story... They advocate carbon pricing to address growing climate concerns. The carbon tax endorsement was just one part of a broader plan the group said will be required to combat climate change. So the American Petroleum Institute, as we've talked about, has emerged in favor of legislation that prices carbon across all economic sectors ahead of the new U.S. administration's plan to curb greenhouse gas emissions and transition to cleaner energy sources. So, oh, so they're just they're just regurgitating regurgitating the yeah, marching orders. Pretty there. pretty much here, they're just sort of going into the idea. Uh, well, I know. mean, l- listen to your speech pattern because yeah. the way that you're reading. Well, because we just re- we just read fam- this. You're familiar with it. Yep. We've, so, well, we ju- we've just read this in slightly different form three or four times in the last couple of days. So they really aren't even doing a new story. They're just kind of regurgitating. Just sort of rehashing it, which is interesting because that's, you know, that's what you've been asking is how are local councils responding to this? Were they canvassed? Were they asked for input? Well, it's in, I, I'm wondering if, uh, if people are going to stay with API or they're going to leave API or... Well, there. Let's see. It doesn't look like there is some defections. Okay. Yeah. Almost like 2021 is going to be defined by defection. It says that in recent said the shale play profit. Said Jason the shale. J, yep. Shale play profit. In recent month, oil companies began leaving trade organizations they felt were not aligned with their changing views on climate policy. BP, Total, Equinor, and Shell all withdrew from a handful of trade associations. In the case of Total, it said in January it would not be renewing its membership with API. 
BP left API. Yeah. Wow. Shell left API. Well, they say that they all withdrew from a handful of trade. Right. The only site specifically total said in January. You see that sleight of hand there? Yeah. You see that? Well, yeah, because it's at what, what handful of trade or associations? The only trade organization, from my understanding, they're talking about in the story is API, right? Mm. So It's the only one they really cite. If they're going to talk about a different trade organization, they need to cite those trade organizations because from my understanding shell and bp are the biggest drivers behind api wanting to do the climate do you see what i mean yeah this story is flat out newspeak dude well again i mean it's 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 really just shame on the journal of petroleum technology this almost seems like a actually it reads like a press release from mike summers the api president because it mainly goes into quoting him talking about uh why they've done this um, oh, National Climate Advisor Gina McCarthy's in the story too, huh? Yep, yep. She convened a meeting with oil and gas company leadership to discuss shared priorities around addressing the climate crisis. Topics range from addressing the climate crisis and reducing emissions while supporting local economies and job creation. So let me get this straight here. This story has, and that's what it is. It's it's Mike rather a Summers. story. Yeah. It has Mike Summer. Well, no, this is from this is from the news, dude. Yeah. This is this is. This is what passes in the news briefs now. So if, if we don't uh, kind of sift through this and actually think for a second, we're going to take this as actual legit news <laughs> because it comes through on the news briefs. For me, we're the, a news organization. The only, we get it. The only thing that really drew, drew me was what you pointed out, handful of trade associations. That's well, what I'd like to know more about. Okay, but take a look here. Okay, so you got Mike Summers, API, right? He's mentioned in the story. Mm-hmm. Okay, we keep going down, blah, blah, blah. National Climate Advisor Gina McCarthy. Yep. Okay. Uh, she echoed President mm-hmm. Biden. All right. By the way, is this the first time President Biden has been mentioned? Because if it is, it's Joe Biden until the second time. And then you put President Biden. Did we not learn journalism here, folks? <laughs> All right. So what do we got here now? Oh, right. Isn't. Yeah. No. You, hey, man, we already we, we know there's really little editing going on anymore. In recent. OK, here's that last paragraph you're talking yeah, about. That's where the key is. In recent months, because up to this time, we've just had uh, API Mike Summers. Press release, basically. National Climate Advisor Gina McCarthy mm-hmm. and President Biden. Apparently, it's like Prince. He just has one name. <laughs> so, President <laughs> Biden. And who else is there? There's Prince. Who else has got? Madonna. There Madonna, go. right, yeah. All right, so. The Rock, really. In recent months, oil companies began leaving trade organizations they felt were not aligned with their changing views on climate policy. BP, Total, Equinor, and Shell all withdrew from a handful of trade organizations. In the case of Total, it said in January it would not be renewing its API membership or membership with API. So, yeah, what they did is they did a real shell game. <laughs> shell ha, game. Ba-dum-bum. Real switcheroo. A well, real Enron job. <laughs> I mean, they, I really, mean, that last paragraph is the only news in the story. It's not to even me. news because well, they, they it's all it's all rumor. Right. I mean they did not give a example to 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 back up their 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 rumor except for total leaving or not renewing with API. 
that's the only source they've cited. I don't see a lot of people asking for comment from other groups in the API and other trade organizations asking them, what do you guys think about this? You know, that's that's the thing I keep coming back with is the API didn't just decide to do this. Shame on Blake, right, for the journalism of petroleum technology. I mean, I, I would have thought that um, there would be a little bit more to it than this. You know, part of the problem, other than the fact that most news isn't really news anymore, is that you and I look at stuff like this so much that most of it is just regurgitation. You know, it's it's like watching CNN for 24 hours, you know, or any news organization. You see one story and you see it again every 20 minutes. Well, I mean, did he actually interview Mike Summers? Well, see, that's why I think it lo- it's like just a press release, basically. Well, it doesn't say that. It usually, like what we did at the Crude Life is we said, here's a press release. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it, it, they quote Mike Summers. I know, but usually you say, yep. in, they said it in a statement or they said it in an email. Mm. Or they said it in something else. So this is just a dot org. Oh, dot org. Oh, so yeah. All right. They're just funded by half funded by the government. The other half funded by a couple of oil and gas companies. And then they just. I would act. be kind of okay. shocked that API this, doesn't sponsor these guys. Come on. Um, and I don't know what the Journal of Petroleum Technology, what their what their mission is, if they're an actual news organization or if they're like supposed to be like a petroleum council or an alliance or a. Um, an association, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But this is one of the problems with the leadership right now with these uh, organizations that are paid six, seven figures to be leaders. They've kind of turned themselves into news organizations. So they just kind of regurgitate and comment on news. And and they've kind of played that off as this is what we do now. Yeah. Instead of actually being a leader for members. Well, it's like, you you know, it's safer, right? It's safer to not do anything unless you absolutely have no, to. No, I know. But but a lot of these trade organizations used to actually offer leadership mm-hmm. as the as the reason to be around. Well, they're lobbyists, basically, right? Well, now they are. Well, I mean, if you're going to be lo- lobby, if you're going to lobby. Okay, but then, right. So pick, that, pick a side. Yeah, except that's, that's what I think, man. Maybe that's why my head's all spinning about this is it feels like we're three months into the year and it's over. Are you popping corn yet? Are you, I, are you enjoying the show? No. Are you not entertained? I, I'm actually kind of still just like whiplash, man, honestly. Oh, no, it's happening fast. What I keep coming back with, because I know it's not a surprise to you, but for me, it's, it's like API, these other organizations, they, they had to have had this all ready to go. This is not something they just woke up and decided to do. So how long has this been... Basically, they've just known this was the next step. When you look at last year, look at things that they were saying 18 months ago versus what they're doing now. Didn't Congressman or Senator Kramer call Gina McCarthy certifiably crazy? That I don't know. I think it's something like that. Anyway, but so I don't follow you, Senator Kramer on Twitter. When, when you think about I don't have no, Twitter. no, on this show, on this program. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. He, would, oh, yeah, he, he was uh, very concerned about her being the climate advisor. But when you think about it, her and Mike Summers are the only two that are cited in the story. Mm-hmm. So there, there you go, folks. There you go. Yeah. There is your voice for oil and gas. And discussion over and is dis- what I'm discussion reading. Discussion over. In this, totally. Discussion so over. Gina McCarthy and Mike Summers. Mm-hmm. There's your, th- there you go. So climate tax coming. Yep. John Kerry's going to jet in on his private jet. Discussion over. Climate envoy. Well, isn't that what what I'm seeing? Is that this is the new conversation now? You keep mentioning 
a word called defection. Like first time I yes. met you, you mentioned defection. This is what defection seems like to me, right? Not, I mean, and I don't mean it as like a you're a defector. It's a traitor thing. It's just more like it's how quickly this collapsed. Resistance just sort of. Whoosh. Do you understand how many people gave their livelihoods to the oil and gas industry for the last 20, 30 years? Yeah. To have this get switcherooed on them? There's some people really upset. And they're upset that their leadership, that they've just paid dues for the last 30 years, is hiding, is not saying anything. Yeah. But they're retweeting other news stories yeah. and they're commenting on this Fox News thing and, ooh, Biden this and, ooh, this. No, they got legit problems right now. Yeah. Do, do, I go, do I go code? Mm -hmm. Do I go build solar panels? Or do I go stick up for an industry that I've been loyal to for 30 years that just turned its back on me. And it's it's not even just turning the back. It's more of like, because you know who's going to benefit from this. It's going to be the large operators. It's going to be the ones that can zero in on the federal money that's going to be pouring into this. And so, yeah, it's it's not just a concession. It's a, they're going to get their sweet treats, but most of our sponsors that are smaller operators, they're going to suffer from stuff like this because where's the money going to be for them? to help transition, to retool. Maybe that's why everybody's being quiet. Well, you know. No, seriously, think I, about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, if, if this is what you want, well, then be quiet. And then let it happen. And then you can continue to make your six, seven-figure job. Maybe we're making a lot of noise for no reason. It just seems, I'm just kind of. I think you're right. I, no, nobody cares. Well, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually ideologically more bent towards I'm glad we're doing something about climate change. No, I think I'm, you're right. I'm blown away by what's happening I don't happening think anybody here. in the state of North Dakota cares. They want a carbon price. I think that the petroleum alliances and the councils mm -hmm. and all these people, they want a carbon tax because they're not... I think they see that... They it, don't care. Like Kramer, like Senator Kramer said to you a couple so he interviews doesn't ago. Want no, I'm he saying was, like I'm saying like three or four energy companies is that 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 discussion, right? Oh, the consolidation. We're gonna have um, uh, three companies right. controlling 95 percent of the global oil supply. So that money's gonna flow through some pretty narrow spigots. Yeah. If you want to get in on it, you shut up. You get in line quick. Right. It's like when that PPE money started coming out, remember? And you're like, man, we got to get on this because hey, it's available. And it was gone. No, no, nobody cares. Gone. Nobody cares. Yeah. Next news story. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, no, nobody cares. You're right. You're right. No, really. When, 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 when I think about it, we've only gotten a handful of press releases. OK, from uh, from people like D Depa has put out a press release to us. Yeah. Uh, the uh, um, uh, Natural Gas Association, the American Energy Alliance. I mean, we've gotten some Senator Kramer has put out press releases, but the majority of the states that we've asked for a press release, mm -hmm. they've ignored us. OK, the majority of the senators and the majority of the different grassroots organizations and pipelines and over 50 requests. OK, asking for what their stance is on a carbon pricing or carbon tax. Crickets. Crickets, man. Tumbleweeds. Crickets. So maybe they don't care. Because, well, yeah, I was going to say, what do I've you think? I've seen pictures of them golfing, and I've seen pictures of on them LinkedIn. Drink, drinking at parties, <laughs> yeah. on, on party picks. Yeah. So times are good. Nobody cares. But our time's story. really good. Next Jeez. news story. What's going on? All right. Well, let's talk about the Suez. Go. To, yeah, America's fine. Go somewhere else. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I've noticed gas going up just from this Suez Canal disruption. So no, nobody cares. This is from oilandgasmiddleeast.com. 
People in the Middle East care about things. What's going on? Hey, man, I care about my tennis shoes. Blow your shit up if you don't care. (laughs) If you you don't care like they care, they'll blow you up. That's true. They're very passionate. So there are currently around 30 tankers above... 25,000 DWT. I'm not sure what that is. Probably some sort is of... It, is there a backlog happening here? Yeah. Is that what's happening? 30 tankers waiting to cross the Suez Canal. Oh, my God. We got the Orange Crush 405. Man. Wow. So they're basically saying that this is already affecting vessel supply on both sides of the canal, as well as market rates. I feel like we should plug Kate's man cave. You said vessel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Well, I saw I saw some interesting information here about what it's actually costing. So the shipping expert Lloyd's of London, Lloyd's List, estimates they, they estimate that the closure caused by the Ever Given, that's the name of the ship, is disrupting more than nine billion dollars worth of goods that should be passing through there every day. So roughly Say 10... Nine billion? Nine billion dollars. with a B. A, a B with a B. Billion with a B oh, every man. day, baby. That's, I, was, I was doing the Austin Powers too. Dr. Evil. So experts working around the clock, and as far as I can tell, that includes three guys in a backhoe, which has been jammed for five days, have managed to budget stern and get its rudder and propeller to work again. But it's still wedged in the sand. Oh, come on. You can't do this to me. <laughs> It just got done plugging Mate Kate's oh, man, man cave. You can't bring words like backhoe in. So check this out. They're, they're, they're looking at like breaking it down. So a UK-based furniture company. And UK. No, I just lost it. Okay. They've got 1.7 million pounds of furniture sitting there. There's 20 boats delayed that are carrying livestock. So there's some concerns about the welfare of the animals as that drags on. Are they walking those animals? No, well, probably they're just feeding them still. Yeah. So these animals are just stuck. But like, here's like those containers that drive down the interstate. Yeah, man. Except for they're just, just on a boat. They're in a boat in their own shit. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Come on. So check this out: five hundred fifty-four point one million tons of cereal are currently jammed up. So that's going to be gone. Yeah, I'm not going to get my lucky charms. Here's some relevant information, though, for oil and gas. It's already cost a 3% increase in price per barrel in reaction to the blockage. Five days. Now we get to the news story. Yep. So in five days. 3%. What does that mean, up or down? Up. So oil prices up. Up percent, 3%. Okay. Gas, uh, just here in, in Fargo, North Dakota yesterday, it was two ninety nine, And we tend to trend cheaper than nationwide. Really? So, yeah. I haven't looked at what the national average is, but it's gone up like 30, 40 cents last couple of days. That's interesting. So in spite of that, I'm really pissed about the cereal. But yeah. It's just interesting. You think of these choke points, the Suez, the Panama, you know, they're already like our bridges. They're 60, 70, 80, 100 years old. They're really barely able to hold the capacity that they do. And you see how quickly just high winds and apparently a captain that didn't quite know what he was doing or something. And you get stuck like this. I mean, that's the thing. It's like spray painting earth first on an oil thing or a propane tank. It's like how easy it is to disrupt trade. And this was accidental. Are you thinking Manchurian candidate? I'm just thinking, I'm not thinking conspiracy. I'm just thinking about it. Are, just, are, are it, you thinking he, this is, this is the way they're doing it? Well, it could be if more than that, I'm just thinking how easy it is for things to fall apart. So you do know that, um, the socialists and the communists war book, there is such a thing, right? 
Yes, okay. comrade. I mean, yes, go so, on. So uh, one of the ways that they do promote to do warfare mm-hmm. on a capitalistic society is to go go work at a factory that makes, you know, where you make $15 an hour and, you know, you go make widgets, right? Mm-hmm. So what the expectation is is 50 widgets per hour, and that's done no problem. Well, pretty soon you figure out a way to only do 30 widgets an hour, and then you get other people to only do 30 widgets an hour. So that, that's one of the kind of the high Reduced level. Reduced productivity. Yeah, yeah, intellectual ways of, what do they call that? Uh, info wars. Not to, I don't want to do that because Alex Jones, you know, trigger right, right, stuff. Right. But there is a term where it has to do with kind of. Uh, I've worked in plenty of jobs where you can only go as fast as the slowest person. Right, totally. <laughs> and and that, that's probably where yeah, this, this warfare yeah, totally. came from. But it, it's, it's a nonviolent form of warfare where it's, it's meant to cause problems sure. with the economy and society. And just yep. when, the, when you have disruption, societies are weak. I think Chuck Norris did it best. In oh, inv- I don't know where this is going. In but- Invasion USA, a wonderful, brilliant movie out in, I think, 83, 84, where they tried to disrupt the American public from shopping and being able to go outside and feel safe going to work by terrorist attacks. Chuck Norris saved the day, of course, but that stuck with me. That's how you hit capitalist society. That's how you hit America is you hit us where where we don't feel comfortable shopping, where, we, where you remove the safety of just getting up and doing our stuff during the day. That's why they say the Mall of America is always the number one target for a terrorist attack because middle of the country, Heartland USA shopping mall. Yeah. It just it hits every check of the box. Yeah, really, right? Just, your terrorist checklist, right? Well, totally, your, like your bucket list. But at the same time, that place is so damn big. I'm convinced. Bucket I'm list. convinced there's terrorists in there that just are still lost, right? You know, they'll probably find them in the basement three years from now, just bones in a in a explosive vest. That was a very good idea, except for you're missing the point. <laughs> Eastern Seaboard, too easy. We need to strike fear in everybody. Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> Danville. We'll see in, in uh, Invasion USA, Chuck Norris. Topeka, I think they invaded Kansas. Florida, so that could be dangerous. America's Wang, yeah, the, the Wang of America. Yeah. Hey, that reminds me, we need to check in on the Wisconsin Wang, or is it the Wyoming, Wyoming Wang? Wang? The Wyoming Weld, Wang, Weld County, Weld County Wang, to see what's going on yeah. there. <laughs> La- of course, last we heard in as my. Wang turns <laughs> is um, Governor Polis out of Colorado, I think, fired the last shot by saying, um, keep your hands off of my county. Oh, after Governor Mark Gordon said, you know, I'm going to come accept your county. Sure. Right. We'll, we'll take it on the local level. They still want the hell out of Colorado. Right. Yeah. They still the locals, actually, the majority of them, if I. I bet if you did a vote mm-hmm. in Weld County, you know what? Mm. I might do that. We should go do a show out we there. We should do that. We should do. In fact, we should do a, a an unofficial. How much of a side trip would that be? Not much. No, I'm going there in a few weeks. April 15th, tax day. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah, actually. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. Do a do an on-the-ground uh, It's a survey, you know? Go to the oh, coffee like shops. This. We should also visit that area where you can shoot drones down. Do you want to or not? 
Because Wyoming would say, hell yeah, we'll take your oil and gas and, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll make it easier for you to live life. Yeah, I'm sure there's and a Colorado mountain And Colorado would laws, say, no, 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 man. no. We yeah. need all that so we can tell you what to do. Yeah. Oh, man, it would be a, it would be a landslide. I bet well, 90% of Weld County would say, we want out. God, we got to do this. That's how you hurt the state and federal government is you tax them. And that's what they're worried about losing is a tax base. Do we got any snarky money? To snark. I'll check the snarky well, money the, the, fund. We, this comes from the snarky <laughs> money fund. I mean, there's nothing productive about this at all. You know what? We need to start a new crowdfunding <laughs> snipe that's just for snark. Pot stirring snarky fund. Do we have it? <laughs> Dang it. Everyone else has that fund. Yeah, they're, getting, they're getting bailed out by the government. We just after... want to troll for dollars here. That's all. You know? Well, think about how many people just got ignored by the Department of Interior. Yeah. Because... Well, in Colorado, they were doing a fake Saturday Night Live skit, giving out awards to North Face. That's snarky, man. That is snarky. That's Your membership dollars are going into that. Yeah. And then you're getting ignored when the shit matters. And API is coming out and talking about a carbon tax. And they're not saying anything at all. Except, hey, go buy North Face. They're great. Yeah. What who's the it, heck's going on here? Who's marketing this stuff You know anymore, what? Nobody man. cares. Nobody does. Hey. All right. What do we got here? Got oh, bat Tiffany phone. Wilson's calling on the bat phone. We got to take a brief pause. Swan energy. When we come back, we got to talk Peacock later. So we'll be back right here on the Food Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. Standing in the rain. I woke up on a diesel track outside of New Orleans. The Crude Life with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. If you want to look at America, you go to Permian and the Bakken, and, and that's what America should be, united as one. And that's exactly what we are. And, and then, you know, that's what I love about the oil and gas industry. One county in Kansas, one single county, produced 9% of the world's oil. That was oil that won World War One, As the British said from the floor of Parliament, the Allies floated to victory on a sea of oil. Works picked up here in the Permian Basin. Yeah, leadership really needs to take a look at how we've been doing things and constantly make changes in how we can do things better. Commodities are always, 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 any commodity business, whether it's milk or whether it's oil or whether it's apples, they always are boom or bust because the solution to low prices is high prices, the solution to high prices is, you know, is high prices. It's a big issue. You know, it's kind of red riding hood syndrome here. People making out the industry to be the big bad wolf. And on top of that, you know, you would get a nice increase in pay, as I'm sure most of us all know, when you move to oil field areas, you get a, a nice little bump in pay. After him and I having five margaritas over at the Cork and Pig, I called my boyfriend and I was like, hey, do you want to move to Texas? And he was like, yeah, when, when are we moving? <laughs> and honestly, we moved about a month after that. This oil and gas industry, I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my life doing this. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Well, you're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. You're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We are going to go to the Swan Energy phone lines right now. And we've got Tiffany Wilson with us down in the Permian, as well as... 
Ronnie Scragum, is that right? Did I pronounce that right? Scragum. Scragum. Dang it. I pronounced that wrong. New Freedom <laughs> Inc. We'll go with Ronnie going forward. Maybe I'll, just like my Valentine's when I was a kid, Ronnie S. There you go. <laughs> Keeps it safe. Best way to go. Well, Spice, you know, I, I've just... Hey, my last name is Brown, and so anything more complicated than that, I have trouble with. See, we've got Tiffany Wilson <laughs> yep. and Sterling Brown, yep. so two easy ones, yep. and then we've got a couple of difficult ones. But Ronnie with New Freedom, Inc., Tiffany Wilson. Ronnie, where are you from? From Odessa, Texas. Oh, no kidding. Okay, from Odessa, Texas. I spent a week there one night. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff- I spent a lifetime. <laughs> now, New Freedom Inc. Let's talk about that. First of all, great name. That's a great. I can't believe that that name was available. That's fantastic. What is it you're doing with New Freedom Inc.? What kind of product, service, or or uh, business do you have? What we're doing is we're doing some third party um, screen printing and uh, building customers' hats and stuff. A lot of embroidery and, and things like that. New Freedom is actually a clothing brand that I started in 2015, um, and then uh, and then we're just going into third party and stuff, doing stuff for full field companies, uh, advertising and things like that. So you started in 2015. Was it a full time, part time? Talk to me about you know just the genesis of the company, I guess. So. Um, I've been in the oil and gas industry my entire life. I started in 1999. Um, worked for some small small companies. I started out with a company called GQ Salmon and Son and uh, working on hot oilers and vacuum trucks. And I went to work for CSI for a little bit, Compressor Systems Incorporated. The TV uh, show? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's actually a, a company out of Midland and they're pretty big. It's a it's a compressor rental company. Gas compressor. Compress- I think they're a sister company of Tetra and Swiftwater, aren't they? Oh, they're not a they're not a sister company of Law and Order? <laughs> okay, a couple bad jokes there, but go on. <laughs> no, and then uh and then I I went to work for Huntsman Resources. It was a uh, big petrochemical company here in Odessa, a refinery over here, and I worked high-pressure polyethylene. That's kind of my, that was kind of my first big job as an operator. Um, I left there in 2006 and went to work for Chevron, and I worked for Chevron until 2016. Um, kind of went through some stuff personally in my life and stuff. I got, I got kind of in a bad spot. Uh, and in 2012, I went to rehab and uh, and stopped drinking. Um, got custody of my kids in 2012 and started doing the single dad deal. Um, 2015, I kind of had a, a thought to uh, to start putting out some hats. Now I called it Newfound Freedom is what I is what I started with. Hmm. Um, just put that on some caps and started sporting it around myself. People started asking about it. I started passing out some, making some hats for people and passing it out. Um, it kind of just took off, and uh, I trademarked the name New New Freedom. I couldn't get new, Newfound Freedom, and I trademarked that name and I started New Freedom Clothing Company. I like New so, Freedom better than New Found Freedom, actually. I do, too. 
I sure do, man. I, I think that it. I think that it. Uh, it all worked out the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's um, it's a really cool story. So the, the the name itself, New Freedom. I mean, or New Found Freedom originally. That was because of your New Found Freedom, right? You're turning everything yeah. around and having a new set on life. Yes, sir. And That's and awesome. like I said, man, uh, it was just a new walk in life and stuff from 20, 2012 to that. A lot of stuff had changed in my life. Um, Full custody of kids working in the oil field. I was working for Chevron, man. That was a that was a rough time in my life, but we made it through it. Um, we uh, are you uh, are you in the oil and gas industry at all anymore? I was up until about two months ago, whenever I decided to do this full time. So you are basically taking your part time job and turning it into a full time job. Yes, sir. That's exactly what we're doing. Stepping out in faith. Boy, you got a plan B. Good for you. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, there's a lot of people right now that are not sure what they're going to do. Actually, there's some people right now making money, but they see the handwriting on the wall for their particular situation. And I'm not saying everybody's in that same boat, but some people are very nervous about the next month or the next couple of weeks. Uh, Sterling and I this week, we're going to have a few stories that I've had uh, with conversations with some people over the weekend that apparently some uh, layoffs and et cetera. So, you know, your story is probably one people are going to listen to pretty closely, my guess is. Um, uh, how many out? by the way, just out of the plan B question, how many hours a week do you think that you devoted to the, something like this when you were, you know, doing it kind of part-time on the side versus now? I did this, uh, I started out doing this part-time, but man, it was just a passion, so I, so even though I was working at Chevron, man, I was, I was, I was pushing this stuff left and right, um, doing a lot of Facebook stuff. Um, Buddy, who was the first person that was wearing one of your shirts to kind of promote it? So, so this is the deal, man, um, <laughs> one of my friends, her name was Monica Denny, um, it's a it's a pretty big story here in Odessa. She was probably my biggest supporter. I had dated her. I had dated her back in like 2015, and we stayed really close friends. I moved off to Ballinger, and uh, whenever I kicked this thing off, I'd been I'd been you know running it back and forth, and she was the biggest supporter that we had. And she absolutely told me she said, "Man, you got to get this thing off the ground. I think it could do it could do a lot of a lot of good for a lot of people." So um, she was in recovery with me, um, but her new freedom was that she had gotten out of a toxic relationship with the guy that she had gotten involved with. Um, she started sporting my shirt. She was making Facebook posts. We just we we, we were like we we were just like best friends. She was like a sister to me. Um, she uh, she she's the one that told me she said hey man this ain't just about recovery this you know everybody's got a new freedom story everybody's gone through some some stuff in their life um absolutely that was her that was her new freedom uh december man i can't i, I can't remember the exact date and stuff but anyways she she had gone through a lot of stuff with this ex-boyfriend and this ex-boyfriend ended up breaking into her house and and killed her um <clears throat> pretty bad deal uh biggest supporter with me and my company man we started um trying to raise some money for the family trying to get the stories out of 
some of these women. It brought a lot of women out that uh, that were in toxic relationships. Uh, and that's whenever I started realizing that new freedom was not just about sobriety or recovery or anything like that. It's about, it's about all kinds of stuff. Everybody's going through something. Well, that's when, that's yeah. who Brooks was speaking about when you met him, Jason, uh, the state rep. He, he brought on Monica's Law in Texas. Oh, Brooks Landgriff, uh, Representative Brooks Landgriff. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah, you uh, Monica, from what Monica's family started working with Brooks, and Brooks has just been an amazing, amazing deal in our lives and stuff, and and they started pushing to get that Monica Law law together. Well, it sounds a lot like what you, what you've got is more of a more of a movement than a company. Yeah, I I, I really believe that definitely that a passion. It's more of yeah, it's, it's it's more of that. It's more of a movement um, than anything else. Yeah, I mean, well, how how can people help me make some money on your movement? Because movements generally don't make any money, um, but they they do a lot of good. Well, you know, a good product yeah, combined man. with a good story. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's make sure that you know people can know. Well, let's take the crude life for example. Okay, you know, we're, we're trying to create a movement here. We're trying to create the industrial forest. We're trying to create this. You know, awareness of environmental integrity. So, uh, you know, let's come up with a product and let's. Um, Tiffany, you mentioned that uh, we're going to be speaking down in um, the uh, Oilfield Connections International Luncheon in June. Is that correct? Yes, it's June. Can June we, is the conference. Well, let's debut a product from Newfound Freedom. From New Freedom. Sorry. Absolutely. So he will be speaking this Thursday. For the April. Oh, you're speaking camp. too? Yes, he oh. can speak April. Oh, well. He's going to be our guest speaker this coming Thursday. Oh, great. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So, okay, so oh, was that for the April Fool's deal? You're not punking me. You're speaking, right? You're not April Fool's in me? <laughs> nah, I'm speaking. <laughs> Don't pity the fool. Hey. So you're speaking Thursday on April Fools down in is it where's the event at Tiffany? It's going to be at the Rolling Sevens. Rolling Sevens, okay, that's I'm familiar with that. That's somewhere in between the two cities. Uh, what, a little sneak preview. You know, you don't have to give us the entire speech, but maybe a little bit of an elevator uh, pitch. Do, do you know what you're speaking on yet? I'm going to tell a little bit of my story. I'm going to tell about how New Freedom um, came about, kind of my vision with the. Uh, with the company and the movement, you know, you, you hit it, you hit it right on. This is, this is not about making a bunch of money. This is about a movement. Um, what I'm doing with the, my third party stuff, guys, just so y'all know, that's to support the, uh, that's to support the movement, the company and everything like that. This is not about, for me, this new freedom is not about making, making money. Um, I want to end up doing like clay shoots for, I, I didn't. I gotta finish telling you this, man. So, so we went through that stuff with Monica, man. It was a big, big, big deal. One of the girls that that helped me start the sobriety deal um, with New Freedom. She just was a supporter, man. We did this for free. I spent so much money getting this stuff out and stuff, just handing it out to people and letting them know what's up. Um, we uh. Her name was Lindsay Tolbert. She was in she was in the program with me, and she was just like another sister to me. She was a big deal um, in my in, in my life. Completely supported it. Um, 
she had met a guy. It was just, it's just odd the way that life happens, man. She had met a guy. Also, she started dating him, uh, kind of twisted off and went back out for a little bit. Um, she ended up breaking up with the guy too. And the exact same stuff happened in, in 2017. Um, Jeez. she was also, she was also murdered. Uh, and and you're going to be telling these stories at the the luncheon. How how? Um, I don't think he's going to tell the uh, yeah. stories so much the luncheon, but he is going to he is going to tell gonna, about how New Freedom was formed. A l- l- little bit less um, uh, descriptive and 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 yeah, okay, a l- little little, uh, little uh, more than five thousand foot view. He had even gone as far as there is a video out that some there was even a song made about New Freedom, and she played a part of the woman being abused. So um, it's crazy how all of this plant played out, you know. Well, I think it's fantastic what you're doing, creating awareness and trying to bring some attention to you know really uh, a, a worthy cause um and you know i i you know you mentioned before that you know i don't know if you said god but you mentioned you know things work in a mysterious way you know when we talked about getting laid off from the oil field and then here you had this plan b that was your hobby that you know really kind of turned into more of a movement that you can actually legitimately probably make a living, and that's the best way to go. Because if you, the reality is, is that we got bills to pay in today's world, and if you could figure out a way to have your bills paid, but do the passion, profit doesn't matter. Beyond that, no. it doesn't really matter. And if you're doing, you know that I can tell in your voice, man. I can tell about what you got going on with things, and and that's why I keep oh, going. God. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And, and this is the deal too, man. Like. Um, man, I've been extremely blessed. 20, 2016 Chevron had a layoff, and uh, and I asked them to actually take a package. I was not going to get laid off. Uh, I asked them to take a package so I could do this for a year. I did it for a year. Uh, we made some mistakes. You know how it is starting out. Nobody knows how to do this. Anyways, we made some mistakes. Um, <clears throat> I went back into the oil field. And I actually went to work for Target, and I'd been up at Target up until two months ago. I actually left Target to do this. Um, No layoffs, no nothing, amazing company, Um, just not where my heart's at anymore. Uh, Oil field is absolutely where my heart's at. Man, Lindsay was a worker in the oil field. She she worked and and supported her her children. You know, oil field is the only thing that I know. I know that the oil field will back this thing up, too. because it, it's just, a, I mean, it's just about everything. I, I I managed a lot of projects for Target Resources, and you know, I, I worked with a, a ton of ton of inspectors uh, managing these guys and stuff. And and you know, everybody's going through some stuff in the oil field, especially with these layoffs coming up. Uh, I mean, I'm even going to say, it. no drugs and alcohol. It 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 really screws up a bunch of really good people out there and stuff. You know, our, our work schedules are tough. Sometimes, you know, people just don't know how to deal with some stuff. I've gone through it myself. Um, that's what we're wanting to do. I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to, uh, to shed some light on some stuff, raise some money for, uh, for, for good causes on my third party stuff where I do, 
this advertising caps t-shirts for for oil field um clientele because i know that they'll back this up yeah um, it seems like a perfect we want to we want to we, we want to i want to take some of those i want to take some of those 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 women that have been in a in a, a rough situation or something you know don't have no way out I want to I want to teach them how to do some of this stuff. Maybe we'll get them into some embroidery, some screen printing, helping them manage uh, new freedom. Uh, same thing with guys that have that have that have screwed up. Maybe they maybe they screwed up. Maybe they went through some stuff. Maybe they got uh, wrapped up in something. Uh, you know, I had to go to rehab or something. Maybe it's tough getting a job right now. Um, that's the that's the type of people that I want to put to work. Those second chance. Those second chance people. Well, I, you say second chance, and I think of my own personal situation. I'm a I'm a cancer survivor, and exactly. I, I had to fight the medical system for three years. For three years, three and a half years, I was told by six different doctors in four states that I had hemorrhoids. And not only is that offensive and embarrassing, but I never had hemorrhoids. I actually had colon cancer. So I was after fighting the medical institute for three. Three and a half years because I didn't fit in the box because it was all it was all just checkbox medicine, and I ended up being stage four cancer and now I'm cancer free. In fact, I just got my latest test back, and now that doctor doesn't want to see me anymore for another two years. So my oncologist said he doesn't want to see me anymore because I'm so cancer free. So you talk about new freedom. Let me tell you, buddy. Exactly. I, I went I went 18 days without food and water. 18 days without food and water. So when you when when you close your eyes, wondering if you're ever going to open them again, and that's your last thought, that messes with your head a little bit. So new freedom, man, it, it rings a bell to me. So uh, you know, you talk about second chance. You don't have to just be a recovering addict. I'm one of those too. I only drink wine. <laughs> I don't drink I don't drink hard alcohol. It was there you go. No, but anyway, I just wanted to point out, you know, there there are other ways too besides, you know, just the old traditional of recovery to find new freedom. You could be divorced. You could like I got a great story about my one of my old mentors actually when he kind of opened up to me. He was an old Irish Catholic and he was getting divorced and that was like unheard of. Well, even more unheard of. You know what he did? He secretly got a tattoo of a leprechaun clicking its heels. So after the divorce ceremony was done, he took a shirt off because up on his upper shoulder was this leprechaun clicking its heels, and that's what he showed as he walked out of the courtroom. <laughs> that's, that's freedom that's right freedom, there. Man. Man. That's new freedom, baby. That's freedom. That's a new freedom. <laughs> That's new freedom right there. <laughs> that's exactly what we're. That's exactly what we're. What what we're 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 saying. So, so many people have reached out to me about cancer, man. PTSD with with uh, with with these vets. Um, whenever I worked for Chevron, we hired a whole bunch of vets. Um, man, there's some amazing workers. You know how that is. A bunch of these oil companies are really putting those guys on. And the more I talked to them and talked to them about my new freedom, a bunch of those guys were struggling with the same stuff that we had gone through, and even PTSD. So, man, I, my vision for this is, you know, clay shoots, uh, stuff like that, to to really, to really just put that out that we're not alone. That we're not alone in this deal. 
Um, one thing that's pretty awesome about whenever you see somebody wearing a new Freedom shirt that happened was, you know, this is what we we started out doing. It would it would cause it would cause people to talk about it. People right. to go up and ask ask you questions. You know what I mean? What's your new freedom? Um, do, do you do you do you just is it? Not a lot. Is it just clothing, or do you do like say uh, you know those? I see recyclable or not recyclable, but reusable coffee mugs, for example. Do you do anything like that, or is it just clothing? So right now, man, it's it's just clothing. But this is a this is a this is a not a new venture, but it's a new venture. We're open to anything. I just want to let people. I just want to people let people know about this deal. Well, here's what we should do because well, what's your new freedom? The, the, the crude life is a big supporter not only of um, causes that we agree with, you know, and, and nothing better than empowering somebody to a new freedom. And there's a lot of different interpretations of that. But um, I love supporting new businesses. And I know you're not a new business, but you kind of are. You know, I mean, no, we are, we absolutely are. yeah, I mean, you, you know, anytime you got to transition from hobby business to real business, mm-hmm. there's there's some realities that uh, set in and everything else like that. But we're a big supporter of new businesses. So um, here's a, here's what I'm going to challenge you on, Ronnie, is I would like to challenge you to grow your business in a way outside of the clothing, like you said. So maybe we're talking about a reusable coffee mug. Okay, maybe maybe that's what we're going to do. So you and Tiffany can sit down because let's let's do it for women and maybe let's do it for you know women in oil and gas and the crude life wants to get its logo on there okay so tiffany i'm going to put you in charge of this because you're on this phone call and ronnie i'm gonna i'm we're gonna throw you know 500 bucks 750 bucks something like that and at the conference at the luncheon we're going to give these away to those people in attendance and we'll have you up on stage and we'll talk about how the the this collaboration not only is a strength in numbers deal but there's a there's a purpose behind this particular coffee mug or water bottle or whatever the case might be tiffany am i planning too much here because i tend to take the bull by the horns i'd like to see jeff kennedy with shell energy get on board with it too do you think he would? Do you think he'd be okay with that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, all right, we got other people we got to check with too, but it sounds to me like we're having He's a meeting. He's the meet- one sponsoring the event. Sorry, folks, this is part um, uh, interview, part meeting. Yeah. We, we, we've officially turned into brainstorming <laughs> session. Right now, yeah. What do you mean? We just, we just kicked it'll a bunch of the, money. <laughs> it'll be the June 10th Shell Energy Conference and the luncheon will be at the event and our guest speaker will be the crew bush okay all right so but we'll, we'll figure out a way to uh, uh work it out so that we can we we can uh, co-launch or something of this um this new product at the same time you know it's got a cause behind it and a uh, a story and everything so that way you can keep your message going you know i'm thinking like maybe you know like a little um not a postcard, but what are those little, you know, like it's the size of a credit card, and you put them on a mug, and it tells a story, you know what I mean? Something like that. So, okay. And we'll get Brooks Landgraf involved, too. See, now I'm just going too much. So um, what's going on, guys? Because I am going way too sidebar on this. I love it, though. I, is it coffee mugs or something that tells the story of the women? 
in the oil and gas? Well, I was thinking maybe like a travel mug, you know, like a good reusable travel mug that, you know, that people can use and of quality. I don't want some, what did my old friend call that stuff at conferences before the word swag? came around stuff we all get this good friend of mine who's like the smartest individual i've ever met and he's now down to two clients at&t global is one of them and another one is just a bank so he's he's very good when it comes to marketing but he used to call it landfill yeah conference it'll it'll kind of be like the new freedom uh new freedom wear that crude life and if jeff says yes shell and energy are endorsing right well i'm thinking more of just you know take the take the whole idea of somebody trying to start a new adventure maybe maybe they're coming out of a divorce or a breakout maybe they're surviving cancer just something that's going to just make them smile every day when they get their coffee that's what i'm thinking yeah. something that's going to inspire them you know and you know, your story like is going to, but at the same time, you know, we want people to be inspired by uh, oil and gas, too. I do. Right. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's how I, that's how I met Ronnie, what, six, seven years ago? Yes, ma'am. Well, that sounds like a different podcast in itself yeah. there. Might have to be, yeah. might have to be 18 for that one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <Not sure. laughs> Definitely a different story. <laughs> No, but it's it really is awesome, man. And there's there's a lot of people here local, um, you know, middle of Odessa, Lubbock area, and stuff that that know about this. And uh, and it's kind of just been simmering. Well, let's say and that you know, exactly what what it is that we're trying to do, man. This ain't this. You know, it, it, every every idea starts out as something, um, and then it. It always navigates. I prayed about this big time. I want I want God to turn this into whatever it is, but I want it to go for the for the greater good, one hundred percent. And I just think I think you know it's just like Tiffany. Me and Tiffany talked for thirty minutes yesterday and stuff, and you know I've seen I've seen her growth in the industry and stuff, and and you know it's absolutely a new freedom for Tiffany. It doesn't have anything to do with with recovery, you know. So it's it's, How it's a pretty awesome. you from the time you met me. Oh, absolutely, man! It's just an awesome deal, you know. Well, you worked in oil and gas for a number of years, and you know, it, although it's a big geography, it is a relatively small community. So, if let's say you're Gary in Grand Junction, Colorado. Uh, can they can they give you some business? I guess you know outside of you know conducting it over a crude life interview. Yeah, yes, sir, man. We we really specialize right now, man. We're a growing company. We really specialize in your caps, um, your embroidery, your shirts for for uh, you know for your business stuff like that. That that's really where we're at right now. Um, and like I said, that's going to grow into something a whole lot. A whole lot better as we grow. My my goal for this man is to be able to. Uh, I'm doing this all on my with my own money. I'm I'm not getting into debt on this. Uh, so I'm just growing and 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 going as we are. We we have a lot of customers that are already supporting us. Uh, Planes Pipeline out of Delaware, and they're giving us a bunch of work. Um, we've even got some some a little bit of Targa work. Um, we're, we're really focused on oil field companies around here, middle and Odessa. 
we're doing stuff for everybody but um but yeah man they can they can reach out to me right now man we're working on our website it's going to be it's going to be called nfclothingcompany.com um that that should have actually dropped on the 15th but we we are so busy with our third party stuff that we can't keep up with orders right now so, uh well there's only uh, so many hours in a day and and you know and stuff to you know it takes time people don't get that you know yeah man it take it takes time and and you know that's the customer base that we're looking for if they're having problems with their hats and they need some better swag and they want somebody to really work on their logos and uh and get some stuff they're proud of where your where your guys oh. I, I really think that's where we're gonna help out a lot of people and be able to employ some people around here um is doing that third-party work that's kind of how it and it helps fund the business whenever it helps fund new freedom that's exactly what we're trying to do we're just trying to to take it where it's not out of ronnie's pocket and we've got work we're not even asking for handouts we're not asking for donations none of that let us let us do your work let us give you some quality product and let us support new freedom the movement we got to find that market for honest work again yeah right (laughs) well i'm serious man the the more i've learned about the marketplace in the past two years I mean, that's, uh, you know, a few of us were saying, does merit matter anymore? Well, there's a lot of failing to success, but oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's nice to see somebody out there doing it the way you'd the stuff, it to oh, be done. You the, know? the things I've learned with this industrial forest, by the way, I mean, there are oil and gas companies that have given half a million dollars to organizations and this tree's died within the first year. How does that happen? I mean, I, I I can't screw up that bad. Well, yeah, because you want you want less check the box. <laughs> oh man, something that matters. Well, totally. So, new freedom. I love it. I love it. So, is there anything that uh, you want to make sure that we, uh, you know, if, if we missed or reiterate or you know, I always like to make sure guests kind of have the final thought, the final word, because. These interviews can go off the rail pretty quick, and sometimes, you know, I kind of wander. So, I want to make sure that at least, at least at the end, you know, we can get people uh, on point again. Uh, like I said, man, I really this has been a, a real big blessing coming on with you guys and talking to y'all. Y'all get what we're talking about um, with with the new freedom, with the new freedom brand, with the new freedom. Um, idea you know it's it's for every single one of us um like you said with the cancer stuff man that's awesome i think it would be amazing that's what i end up wanting to see with new freedom i don't know if it turns into a non-profit i don't know if it turns into whatever it does but i want to be able to raise money put it back into the community uh lindsey man one of her biggest deals whenever she was struggling with this stuff is like like a halfway house for moms who have their children so she could get out of the situation that she was in she was working in the oil field but she was in a bad living situation you know she wanted to do that i don't want to be a i don't want to be a recovery house type person or anything like that that manages that that's not what i do but there's some people out there that does it um that's the type of stuff that i that i want to do empowering women man i've got two daughters of my own that i raise um 
full custody of, of three kids, and uh, and I'm raising a man as well. I want them to be empowered, like seeing Yuri and seeing Tiffany and seeing these girls in the oil field doing really good. I could absolutely see my daughters being that, and uh, and we want to, we just want to, we want to support good causes. Absolutely, um, really good thank, causes. Thank you, Mom. That means a lot. Well, anything, anything, final words as we kind of wrap up here, Tiffany? When's, you got you got um, this luncheon coming up, so we should probably plug that yes. quick on new on uh, uh, my my favorite holiday, April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool's Day, Thursday, April first. We have Ronnie Scroggum coming to be our guest speaker. Uh, it's Permian Basin Chapter Oil Field Connections. We also have a new member on board, Myra Vargas. Uh, she's going to be a part of the leadership group. Oh, you're and kidding me! Is she? Nope she. She has joined our leadership group. There are two chapters in the Permian now. There's the Odessa chapter, mm-hmm. which is Jim Patterson. He's the president of that. And then there's still our Permian Basin chapter, which is the home chapter. So, um, yeah. When Myra's coming on board, huh? Vargas from mm-hmm. Amigo Pipe and Equipment. Amigo Pipe and Equipment, yes. Mm-hmm. Recovering from her surgery, her personal surgery. <laughs> yes, she is recovering. So we planned us a little girls trip to Fort Worth next month. Oh, for real? We've got about, we've got about nine of us getting on a plane and going to uh, Fort Worth. Oh, should I put bail money aside? <laughs> uh, you might with this group. I know. I, I, just, I just know two, two involved that already I'm four grand of bail money aside. Well, you know what? We have ordered a, we've ordered a limo and all kinds of stuff, so I don't think... Yeah, they got a getaway car. I got a mortgage for the bail money. (laughs) Oh goodness, yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that could be a that could be a fun time. Okay. We do have the getaway car, so I think we'll be okay. But I don't just in case because we do have a couple of girls that. uh, Yeah, you better have the bail money. With that, well, folks, uh, thank you for joining us here. We'll be back uh, here on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morton Show. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. No.
life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment Developments. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by. For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in Western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life, and I'd like to take a moment to tell you about Kate's Man Cave and how Kate has improved my mind, body, and my soul. Kate's Man Cave uses the latest in sexual health education high-quality hygiene products, and the hottest, and I do mean hottest, accessories from Pure Romance. Kate's Man Cave has enhanced my life more than I could ever imagine. Kate's Man Cave has quality products for my bath and shower, as well as my overall wellness. But between you and me, and anyone else listening, they also have products for my bedroom and my boudoir. It takes a real man to enter Kate's Man Cave, so if you're a real man, or you want to turn your boy into a man, then check out Kate's Man Cave today. That's Kate's Man Cave. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, friends and listeners. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate of Natural... Excuse me, Interstate Natural Gas Association of America. That's kind of a mouthful. And Amy is the president and CEO. She seems quite knowledgeable. I'm very excited. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It is a beautiful Friday here in the Washington, D.C. area. It's actually 75 degrees. It's a gorgeous day. So I'm doing great. That is fantastic. I I kind of I've never been to the Washington, D.C. area. I always envisioned it kind of chilly and brisk. So I'm a little (laughs) jealous of your sunshine. (laughs) It it is at certain parts of the year, um, but it is uh, it's we have a beautiful spring and a beautiful fall here in Washington. And I'm actually quite the uh, opposite from you. Then I've I've basically lived in this area my whole life. Oh, nice. Well, hopefully that's because that's where you want to, you know, just just be because you like it so much. Absolutely. Mm. No, I, I, I discovered about um, 20 years ago that I wanted to be in politics. And so obviously you can work in politics at the state and local level, but I wanted to be at the federal level. And so I've been here ever since. So it's exactly where you need to be in any case for what you're doing. So that's nice. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, As you mentioned, um, I'm the president and CEO of INGA, the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America. And we are an advocacy organization representing natural gas transmission and storage pipeline companies. So Washington, D.C. is the place for us to be. 
Oh, absolutely. So what what is it exactly that the the organization does to advocate, uh, you know, for these different regulatory and legislative positions? How, how does the the uh, organization go about that? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, um, when you're an advocacy organization and you are trying to shape regulatory and legislative policy, then your main constituency are policymakers. And in our case, we're a federally focused organization. And so our main constituency is Congress and it is the administration. And then it's the various federal agencies that craft regulations, which have a direct impact on our business. And so the first step is really to create relationships with those policymakers and to create opportunities to educate them about your industry. This is true of any industry, but it's certainly what we do at Inga. So we educate them about um, the natural gas pipeline and energy infrastructure industry. And um, so they understand how we work, what makes us work, and what types of policies make sense to have safe, reliable, affordable energy infrastructure in the United States. Nice. Well, and out of curiosity, do you feel that Washington generally has a good understanding? You know, do you, do you feel that they, they do kind of understand well how, how it works and, uh, and how, I mean, I guess, and how it doesn't? Um, I'd say that it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you know, certainly policymakers within key, um, federal agencies that have oversight over our businesses. So for example, um, FERC or FIMSA, those are the two main regulatory agencies, uh, that have oversight over, um, over our business. And so they, obviously very much understand our business. They have a lot of expertise. This is, this is what they do. Um, when you look at Congress, it's, it's a bit more mixed because obviously members of Congress are dealing with every issue and members of Congress who populate committees with oversight over energy have a better understanding than those that don't generally. Um, like anything else, you know, there's still a lot of room for them to learn. They're not running our businesses every day. Do you think that uh, a, a, you know, that certain degree of a lack of, of understanding kind of contributes to uh, any difficulties that you might have running the business, especially recently with some interesting changes to uh, the oil and gas industry? Absolutely. I think generally when people have a uh, just a better understanding. It makes for better policy. And, you know, really, a, a, the largest component of advocacy is is education. It kind of seems to be that way that it does seem to be a common trend, especially as I talk to more and more uh, individuals within the industry like yourself. So actually, how and that kind of brings me back to how did you decide to get into the oil and gas industry? What what made you decide to go um, be a part of this arena? So I would say, you know, I mentioned that I got into politics broadly about 20 years ago. Yeah. And 
I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Um, so I worked on a congressional campaign during the 2000 election, and that's really where I got the politics bug. Um, the candidate that I worked for lost her race, but I came back to Washington and have had a variety of different roles in D.C., in federal government, um, in the advocacy space. And then about 10 years ago, I went to work for um, a company called the Lowe's Corporation, and I was a uh, hired as a federal lobbyist for the Lowe's Corporation. And Lowe's is a diversified holding company, and one of and they had um, multiple uh, subsidiaries. And in my role with Lowe's, I actually worked as the lobbyist on behalf of all of their subsidiaries. Oh wow! And when I started with them. They had three different subsidiaries in the energy space. At that time, they represented an offshore drilling company, a um, natural gas exploration and production company, and then a natural gas pipeline company. We're all within the Lowe's portfolio. And so that's really um, where I got my start in the energy business. And during the course of my tenure, uh, with Lowe's and then um, beyond when I went into some consulting work, I spent the bulk of my time with um, the company that was a natural gas pipeline company. And that's really how I got into this subset of the energy business. Interesting how things work out, huh? Yes, absolutely. It you know it does actually make sense though that you'd be driven by something like advocacy. Um, I had seen that that you actually still work to try and help make uh, other people's lives better through volunteering th opportunities as well, like such as Everybody Wins. Yes, Everybody I, Wins DC is a is a fabulous organization that I've been involved with. Gosh, I don't know. I think it may be going on close to six years now, um, where it's a, it's a reading mentor program in based in Washington, DC. And the way the, the program worked pre COVID we've, we've had to uh, <laughs> adjust with COVID, but the way it used to work is that a, um, an, a, a professional adult reading mentor would be paired with a child in the DC public school system. And you would actually read to the same child once a week throughout the school year. Oh, nice. And it was just an incredibly rewarding experience. Uh, you really got to know these kids and they were giving up their recess time to come read with an adult. Like they, they were just hungry for this experience. And it wasn't about, it was, it was, intended to be, you know, fun for them, help foster a love of reading. You know, it wasn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't work on homework or those types of things. It was just pleasure reading and um, just a really great, great program. Unfortunately, you know, we've, we've struggled to figure out how to, to readjust in light of COVID. We've oh, been I'm doing sure. virtual programs and, and, uh, you know, like so many other nonprofits, um, obviously, it's been a bit of a struggle. 
I can only imagine. You know, I feel uh, glad for those kids, though, that they they have individuals that they can reach out to and and look towards, especially uh, in this last year when people have been so isolated. Probably uh, the volunteers at Everybody Wins DC has probably been such a a light in the homes of those kids that, you know, when they weren't able to go to school and even having to do it online, that's probably, you know, probably makes such a difference. Well, certainly we hope so. I I hope so, too. I'm sure it does, though. That just sounds like such a wonderful program. But uh, definitely, definitely seems kind of right up your alley, I guess, is what I'm saying with, with in the advocacy area, uh, leadership positions. Uh, it seems like you're kind of a, of a born leader. That's kind of neat. So when it comes to advocating for these different things, what, is there anything that you think that the public should be made aware about? I mean... Um, obviously, you're, you're always trying to get information out to those individuals on the Hill that, you know, could make a difference when it comes to these different policies. But what about uh, what about everybody else? Is there anything that you think everyone else should know? Well, I don't know that the that most Americans spend a lot of time thinking about where their energy comes from. Certainly some do. But I, I just don't think you know, most people, um, they want to be able to flip the light switch in their house and they want the lights to come on and they want things to work. But I'm not sure that they spend a lot of time thinking about what it takes to make that happen and that there is a necessity for infrastructure in this country to ensure that when you hit that light switch, your lights are going to come on and and that 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 infrastructure is is really vital and that um, as we have increased demand for energy needs in this country, that it's going to require more infrastructure to be able to deliver on that. And I, I just think in general, that concept is something that I wish more Americans appreciated. So do you think that more infrastructure is going to bring about more regulations as well? Or do you think this is going to be, you know, a foundational setup type of a thing? Well, I don't think infrastructure itself or the need for infrastructure brings about regulations. Um, I, I don't think that's a it's not a causal relationship in that way. I don't suppose um, I said that terribly clearly. Uh, <laughs> you, you're right. No, I guess I, I guess I meant a, a kind of a. It kind of seems almost like when building uh, another part of infrastructure, more regulations seem to tend to follow, not necessarily caused by the. But, yeah. Do do you think that it'll it'll bring more regulations, I guess, or um, be accompanied by more? There we go. Be accompanied by more regulations, potentially. Well, I think we are definitely in a current environment where, you know, the current, you know, I guess I would say maybe phrase it as um, policymaking leadership um, seems as if they want to potentially have more regulations in place. And don't get me wrong, not I'm not saying all regulations are bad. I mean, we you want to ensure that um, any new infrastructure that is built in this country is done so in a, you know, in a safe uh, way 
safe manner. I have no opposition to that. Um, Certainly. You know, as I mentioned earlier, FIMSA, which falls under the Department of Transportation, is our main is our main regulator, safety regulator with uh, for natural gas pipelines. And and for those that maybe don't, I realize I'm using acronyms. It's the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration under the Department of Transportation, and they you know regulate natural gas pipelines to ensure that they are safe. And that's a good thing, right? Like that's yeah. that's good oh, for the absolutely. American public. So so there's no there's no um I'm not indicating that regulations are necessarily bad. I think it I think we want to make sure that regulations are consistent and that they're transparent and that they're predictable. So that anyone who is developing and building energy infrastructure, whether that's a pipeline, whether that's wind turbines or solar panels, um, that it's a, it's a, a, you know, predictable, understandable playing field for all. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. Absolutely. So I guess, and this this might be kind of jumping a little bit, um, but to the INGAA Foundation, the Interstate of Natural Gas uh Association of America. Sorry, St- pause there for a moment. <laughs> the, the foundation is a big mouthful when you say the whole thing. That's why we is. say Inga a lot. That, see, I, I, I should just start that. So the Inga Foundation is that that is that different than Inga? Yes, actually, it is. So the Inga Foundation is their own separate entity. Um, though obviously we're closely aligned. I am actually the president of the Inga Foundation, in addition to being the president and CEO of Inga. And um, the Inga Foundation um, has a, they have a slightly different membership than Inga and a slightly different mandate. So the Inga membership are <clears throat> transmission and storage pipeline companies in the United States and Canada. And currently we have 25 members of Inga. The Inga Foundation has a broader membership. They have more than 200 member companies representing natural gas pipeline companies, but the construction companies, engineering firms, pipe and compressor manufacturers, accounting firms, all of the different types of businesses which support the construction of the natural gas pipeline industry. So they have a much broader membership and their primary focus, they actually don't do any direct advocacy work. The Inga Foundation is not an advocacy organization. Rather, their primary function is to sponsor research aimed at promoting natural gas use and the safe, efficient pipeline construction and operation. Oh, wow. Okay. That is, that's pretty cool. So when it comes to the pipelines that have been being put in uh, within, say, let's see, it was formed in 1990, right? So gosh, so that's been going now for what three decades. Um, what, what have, have we seen as far as this, what have the studies suggested, I guess, as far as uh, environmental and safety trends? How, how are we doing? So the, um, the recent um, studies from the, um, from the foundation have really focused on kind of the ongoing need for 
um, energy infrastructure in this country. And the, um, the Inga Foundation recently completed a study. It actually was just released in January of this year. Um, they called it a, a sort of a near-term update because one of the um, foundation's marquee pieces of research is that um, every couple years they do um, sort of their their midstream infrastructure you know study about and they they do a long timeline so they often do um, you know like a you know almost a 20 year timeline of what are going to be the infrastructure needs for this country over sort of a long horizon okay and in January they did a an interim study because they were looking at the impacts of COVID. We know that not COVID specifically, but the way that our United States economy responded to COVID and the way um, energy demand shifted in the United States during COVID when people were all hunkered down in their homes, that that had a direct shift on oil and natural gas demand and production. And um, so they did an interim study to see, do we still have the same expectations? And um, the, the general result of that study was that, that yes, that once we emerge from sort of the COVID lockdown, um, that we do anticipate um, continued need and demand for energy infrastructure in this country. So that's that's kind of a positive thing then. I mean, right? That's that's kind of looking like we might end up eventually getting back to normal once, you know, the the weird restrictions are kind of eased off of across the board. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I mean, that's certainly I think the anticipation and that's the hope and actually we already saw at the end of last year uh, LNG liquefied natural gas exports, which had definitely decreased sort of during the thick of COVID, already uh, rebound at the end of 2020 and into the beginning of 2021. Nice. Well, that's that seems like a pretty good thing then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so then being a part of this foundation and having access to these different studies would probably be uh, immensely helpful when it comes to taking those steps towards advocacy on the Hill uh, through Inga. Absolutely. I mean, the Inga has definitely used research generated and produced by the Inga Foundation as part of our advocacy efforts in the past. Absolutely. And are these studies, are they made public or are they are they just released kind of within the industry to professionals in order to continue making positive improvements? No, um, they are made public. You can actually go to the Inga Foundation website right now and pull up that um, midstream infrastructure report I was just telling you about. Oh, very nice. Well, in that case, I'll just have to include a link to it in uh, my show notes. So that would that, be great. So everyone Absolutely. can access it. Yeah, <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, that's really cool. I guess I, I kind of had an understanding of what it is uh, that Inga did before talking to you. But I, I, th- I, I don't think I was quite right. You know what? I feel like I feel like I was just just a little bit off. So I really appreciate kind of telling me and and talking with me about all the different uh, aspects of well, of what you do specifically um, between both of those organizations, actually. 
Well, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, you were you were asking a question about sort of public understanding of energy. And the answer I gave was was broad, big picture. You know, when you drill down just into the natural gas space, um, one of the things that I always think about is how little people understand the natural gas value chain. That's what we in the business call it, the natural gas value chain, where on one end of the value chain is you have natural gas production. So actually, um, you know, extracting natural gas out of the ground and then you move it. it uh, often it goes into um, you know, a processing facility of some sort, and then it moves into what we call the midstream portion of the natural gas value chain. And that's where Inga sits. Those are our members. We represent the midstream portion of the value chain, which is where we through we have long haul pipelines that move natural gas all across the United States. So think of us as sort of the um, the highway system of natural gas pipelines. And then we move that gas from areas in the country where it's produced to the areas where it's consumed. And then um, those consumers of natural gas, um, there's a lot of different types of consumers of natural gas, which is another thing that I think people don't realize. Natural gas goes directly to local distribution companies. So it, it gets directly delivered out to, to homes and schools and neighborhoods. Um, or it can go into power plants for electricity generation, or it goes to industrial manufacturing facilities where it's used to make all types of common products that Americans use every day. Mm. Or sometimes it goes to export facilities, as we were already mentioning, LNG, liquefied natural gas export facilities. But I don't think people appreciate that there's an entire value chain and that different aspects of that value chain are represented by different companies, businesses, and then essentially different trade associations. And, and that's what I'll come back to, that Inga is the trade association representing that midstream portion of the value chain. Yeah, well, I know that for myself, you know, I, I know just enough about the oil and gas industry to be able to ask questions and basically understand the answers. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't necessarily think that I'm terribly knowledgeable, but I, I very much enjoy getting to ask these questions because previously, you know, I I guess I had thought that it would be a bit more cut and dried. I mean, five years ago, I, I would never have guessed that there were this many different organizations and moving pieces I guess, within the industry. Mm -hmm. Obviously, now I have a completely different picture of it, but um, it's it's been very uh, rewarding, I guess, getting to conduct these conversations. They're not so much interviews as much as conversations with people and, and get to hear firsthand about what is going on where you're at, you know, with what you are doing. Absolutely. So that's absolutely that's happy great. to happy to help try to educate you and uh, your audience. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you know, th there's probably a bunch of people that will be listening to this thinking, well, I already knew all about this, you know, because there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, industry, well-worked industry individuals that uh, I'm sure tune into the crude life every day. Uh, Jason Spies always has real knowledgeable people on there. <laughs> well, hopefully you and I left uh, left today's listeners with 
something new maybe they didn't appreciate before right i i know that i really appreciated it is there any uh is there any last thoughts that you would want to you know let people know about or is there any place that you think would be a good place to send them for information if they would like to find out more other than obviously the ingo website has quite a bit of content on it as well with information uh, an entire link about pipelines 101 for anyone listening so <laughs> Well, thank you. Obviously, I was going to direct people to the Inga website. Also, they can feel free to follow us on social media. You know, we're on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter if if they want to follow us on social media. And then I would just say, obviously, I assume most of your listeners are in the energy industry in some way and um, would just continue to encourage individuals to be advocates on behalf of the industry. You know, when when you're at your neighborhood barbecue and, you know, someone speaks ill of, you know, natural gas or pipelines, like that's your opportunity to step up and to educate them. You know, if you're in the industry, you are an expert on your aspect of the energy industry. And and you should use that knowledge, not just when you're at the office or out in the field, but, you know, also when you're sitting around talking with your friends and neighbors, because the better understanding that the average American has about um, where the energy they consume comes from and the importance of that energy and the infrastructure that delivers it to their homes and businesses, I think the better off we're all be. Oh, absolutely. I, I do agree. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate you taking the time, especially with as busy as I know that you are. So thank you. Well, absolutely. Happy to chat with you today. Yeah. And then, hey, listen, if you've got any uh, big news developments or anything that, you know, later down the line that you think would be pertinent for an oil field audience to listen to, uh, don't hesitate to reach out if you ever feel like talking again. Great. Will do. Thank you. All right, friends and listeners, that was Amy Andrzak, and she's the president and CEO for the Interstate of Natural Gas Association of America, uh, or, or you can just call it INGA. Less of a mouthful. I think that'd be the best bet anyway, right? So INGA and the INGA Foundation. So make sure to go and check out links in the show notes. And if you enjoyed the content, be sure to check out the rest of what the crudelife.com has to offer. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com.
with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> the Food Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk about Women's History Month. Every March since 1987, Congress and U.S. presidents have designated this month as Women's History Month. This year, the Crude Life celebrates and honors their accomplishments and vital contributions in history with interviews and stories that center around women's experiences in industry. These women are not only modern-day leaders, but they are truly historic as well. Today, we talk with Kenda Martinez, who's transitioning out of oil and gas after 20 years. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. If if you want to have some solid footing, man, cover those things up. It's not like you have the only pair, okay? We've all got them. Just, just stop it, okay? Get educated in your product, trust your product, and put your knowledge out there for people to see, learn, and appreciate. Uh, do not get overwhelmed. It is extremely overwhelming. Don't let that get to you. Give it to God. Definitely. Cliche, but very solid. Give it to God. Um. Look at other, you know, try, try to be ahead of the learning curve or try to be ahead of the curve, not the learning curve, but try to be ahead of the curve. If you if you see the writing on the wall that things are fixing to go south with your position or your company or whatever, have a backup plan. Have three or four of them. Have one anyway. You should never be without a backup plan. To listen to the full length interview with Kenda Martinez or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Please join us all month long as we celebrate Women's History Month here at The Crude Life. From the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. 
our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and, and let me just say this, I, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It, it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, the grid operator is projecting that nearly three million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. Uh, and, and there's- It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Hector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Hector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those, uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle a, 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 you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's going to be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half of the lodge went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. 
will have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, uh, generator, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on, a, on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? JP Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. Well, I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days.